Welcome back to the Daniel Muggleson podcast. It's me. I'm Daniel Muggleson. I'm the guy. Uh, sorry, this one is coming to you slightly late. It is the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. And I don't know if you know anything about me. At comedy festivals, I tend to get trapped at tables with a lot of beers. That tends to be how it works. So I apologize. I tried to make it back last night in time to record. I missed it. It's my fault. I will make it up to you with an extra episode later in the week. Um, but I just want to thank everybody who's come down. I've had a few people say they listen to the pod when they've come through the show. Uh, that is very cool. I'm glad you guys like it. I, I hope you like the live performance as well. Uh, I did just want to uh, spin one very quick yarn before we jump into this week's episode properly. Uh, last night, one of the re- like I would say pretty much the reason I didn't end up leaving uh, the pub and getting home to record this thing on time was because I was hanging out with uh, Dane Simpson and Rory Lowe and a comedian from Perth called Matt Stora, uh, who's, who's fantastic. And basically at the show, uh, Matt had run long. He'd run long at the top. Uh, it was a late show. It was no big deal. But uh, Rory and Dane had been teasing him about running long for the entirety of the evening. Um, this is like 90 minutes after he'd been on stage, just still making fun of him. Now, one of my favorite things in the world as a comedian is when other comedians make fun of you because comedians, not 100%, but the majority of comedians are funny people with a good sense of humor. So when they get on a roll and there's more than one of them, it's pretty good. Like it's pretty... (laughs) I'm thinking specifically about when I did my show in London and I had two of my really good friends, Tom Horton and Andrea Hubert, open up for me. And I do this thing when I MC all the time, which is, you know, you might not remember the names of the people you saw. This is who you saw. It's important to support new comedians uh, because if you don't support new comedians, you just end up watching Peter Hellier again, who is an omnipresent uh, Australian comedian who is fine. Uh, so I say that when I MC and I just went into that automatically at my tour show with them opening for me. And then the second I got off stage, I said this maybe two minutes into my act. The second I got off stage after being on stage for 70 minutes, Andrea and Tob just come up and they're like, so who are these new comedians then? And I'm like, oh boy, they're like new new comedians, Dan. Who who the who the fuck are you? I'm doing I'm doing my own tour of the UK. I'm I'm on TV. I got I'm gonna be part of a nep- new comedians, Dan. Oh oh, Andrea, is it isn't it nice? Isn't it nice that he was here to give us a give us a leg up? You know, get us get us a little bit of stage time in front of this prestigious. This prestigious venue owner, maybe we get a foot in the door in the industry. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> and like, I really cannot emphasize this. I did, I did like the merch thing. I chatted to the people who came through the show. I sat back down at the table with Andrea and Tom, like 20 to 30 minutes later. And immediately they're like, oh, look, it's old comedian Daniel Muggleton. <laughs> Is, is he to probably give us some advice based on his years of experience in the industry? And I'm like, oh God, this is going to keep happening, isn't it? 
And we hung out for like two hours after the show. And I don't think five minutes went by without one of them making a dig at me for that comment. And I was laughing my fucking head off. It was great. So this is what I mean. There's like, there's like a funny thing when comedians are bullying you uh, because like it's very funny. It's very funny uh, and they're, they're good and you're not probably going to get many shots in. Like in my experience, it's best to just kind of let them come at you like a bit of, you know, Muhammad Ali, just rope a dope and just hope they tire themselves out and maybe, you know, they're comedians. So if you just ask them a question about themselves, they'll probably fucking bang on about it a bit. Uh, but that's the best approach I've found. Like to, to fight means they're only going to make fun of you more. It's like the classic, you know, I assume this is worldwide, but absolutely in Australia. If anyone says, don't call me that, they've just chosen their nickname for life, right? So that was in London. That was when I was, when I was the victim. Uh, last night, uh, that was Matt Storer, who is in Perth. I think it's his first time doing the Perth. Oh, sorry, who's in Melbourne, and it's his first time doing the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. He's from Perth. Um, so really... Check him out. He's great. He's fantastic. Um, but last night, he he was trying to leave. That's when all this happened. Like, he was having a quick conversation to me. You know, how's your show going? Yada, yada, yada. Before he's about to leave, Dane comes back into the conversation being like, oh, is, is Matt Stora talking to you? How long has it been? Too long, maybe? And then I'm like, what? And then... Rory and him bust out laughing. Matt's like, oh, God, this is happening again. And then he's like, I went long at the top of the show. Like, I just, <laughs> they've been making fun of me for it ever since. And I'm like, oh, man, did you, have a, did you have a long setup there? And they're like, yeah, man, it was the longest set of all time. I guarantee he maybe went like one minute over. Like, just not a big deal at all. But like longest set of all time, dude, you're not going to believe this fucking Matt Stora, dude. He does the longest sets of all time. And I'm like, yeah, actually, dude, that reminds me. I went to school with this kid who told me uh, that his dad was uh, going to watch Matt Stora do a five minute set. And yeah, he never came back. <laughs> and that was it again. Just again, everybody's in like the entire time. Uh <laughs> Another comedian's there be like, yeah, there's this rumor at Just for Laughs in Canada. If you go long, when you come off the stage, you have to go to somebody like in the green room. They give you a list of all the other comedians that are about to be on the show and you have to pick someone who's getting bumped because you did their time, right? Like an urban kind of legend. Then Rory's straight in being like, man, imagine how many names Matt Storer would have to remember. <laughs> Dave's like, you'd have to do it in advance. You have to be like going to people like a premonition being like, you were going to get Just for Laughs in 2024. But unfortunately, Matt Storer was on that lineup. So, you know, uh, unfortunately, you've run out of time. You've just got bumped there. Uh, there was, oh, what was another one of Dane's? It was like, um, yeah, there are hieroglyphics on uh, Egyptian, Egyptian pyramids. Uh, you know that eye? It's actually someone giving Matt Storer the light uh, because that's how long he's been doing stand-up comedy for. Uh, I had one which I liked, which was, uh, did you know that uh, Indigenous Australians have been in Australia since Matt Storer started doing tonight's set? Like just all, <laughs> just the dumbest fucking jokes 
And then Matt just had to sit there and just be like, all right, come on, keep going. Is that it? Is that it? Can I leave now? And it's like, leaving? You hate leaving Matt's store. Come on. And just, just, I reckon 25 minutes of just us going one for one for one for one and him there. And then eventually we ran out and he got to leave. And, you know, I just, it's so fun. Like it's, and I think the nice thing with comedians is like, you know, We've all gone long. There's no malice there. None of us have anything against Matt at all. But you know that you're just going to get rinsed for as long as we've got, you know? Like, we definitely stole more of Matt's time than he stole on that lineup, just making fun of him uh, on that show. And it just, it's so fun. Like, that's, that's the shit that as a comedian, I absolutely adore because uh, it's just so lighthearted. And like, he literally said, he's like, look, I really do want to go, but these are funny. <laughs> That's nice. That's a nice moment. Uh, anyway. Um, oh yeah, I'm doing I'm doing the show till the end of the month. Uh, I, I appreciate everybody's got in touch via email. We finally got some bad advice to give. So get excited for that. Before that, I'm going to talk a little bit about some goddamn fertility. Uh, some fertility and the current, uh, you know, health kick that I'm attempting to be on in order to increase my chances of knocking up my goddamn wife, uh, which I would really like to do. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. It's going to be a quick one today. We're doing two episodes this week, so don't worry. There will be plenty of the Daniel Muggleton podcast in your ears. Uh, it's a great April. Ugh, how shit. Is that like, does anyone like April Fools? Does anyone like April Fools? Like, is anyone sitting there with every company bringing out their fucking lame ass branded pranks? Like, is there a single date that the company's social media person isn't put to work to be like, hey, you need to craft a tweet to take advantage of the 17 cunts who even know what type of day today is? April Fools. Ugh, it's a shocker. It's a shocker. If you like it, I want to know. Honestly, I would love that knowledge. If there, if just get in touch. The email dan at danielmuggleton.com.au. You know where to find me uh, at Dan Muggleton and all the social media stuff. If you think April Fools is anything other than a huge pain in everyone's ass and an excuse for every unfunny cunt to have a crack, tell me. Maybe I'm just annoyed at April Fools because that's actually when Matt Stora started his set. All right, now I'm done. Now I'm done. Let's get into the episode. It's Verticoli. Take us there. All right. So coming to you from Melbourne, Melbourne, Victoria. Uh, for some reason, if you ever try to put Melbourne as a city into the Facebook advertising mechanism. It's always like, did you mean Melbourne, Canada? Melbourne on, I think it's like there's another one in a like weird island somewhere. It's like, nah, motherfucker. I mean, the one Melbourne that anyone lives in. Uh, in Melbourne, in the hotel, uh, five shows. I believe five shows into the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Uh, it's been going well. Had a sellout. Uh, on Saturday night, a little cheeky oversold 
uh, to be fair. Um, still, still here, here for another, I think, fuck, I think there's still like 18 shows to go. There might be more. By God, so many shows. Here's till April 23rd. So if you know anyone in Melbourne, do send them along. It's starting to get pretty fun down here. Uh, again, I apologize for this episode being a little bit late, but do blame uh, frequent podcast guest Dane Simpson uh, to make it up to you. He's going to do an episode with me later this week. So there's going to be two episodes this week. Get excited for that. Uh, my, my wife was just down here uh, for the first few days. She flew back to Sydney uh, Saturday morning. Um, why? Why would you fly back Saturday morning? Why would you scramble uh, to get into Sydney Saturday morning? Because Saturday was the day the app told her she was ovulating. The goddamn app that I mocked so openly on stage two years ago is now a significant device that we use to plan our time together. It's very bizarre, the fertility thing. I gotta, I, I, I know I talk about it a bit on here. I hope it's not too much. I just feel like it's something that so many people are going through uh, and it is very rarely talked about. So I'm just like, hey, it's happening. You can talk about it. It's not as personal as we've made it, you know? Um, so yeah, the, the app, I used to make fun of it because people use it as like a birth control method, uh, as opposed to a way to get someone pregnant, which is what it was designed for. Uh, my mate Amos Gill, very guilty of that. Um, but yeah, so she was ovulating on Saturday. So she had to get back to Sydney to work Saturday morning. So she was like, all right, I'm going to fly Saturday morning. We'll, you know, have, have, uh, scientific intercourse is that the best way like intercourse with a purpose uh on on saturday morning uh to really increase our chances with the old fertility window there um and it's really funny because like we are pretty deep down the rabbit hole now on all this like we've done we've done the tests as i've mentioned uh we've started we've started taking various supplements to try and help and uh one thing piqued my interest yesterday i saw like an article on news.com it's like this is the advice i tell couples uh, who are trying to conceive. And I'm like, fuck yeah, bro, let's get in. Uh, I like to do everything I can because I know uh, as, look, I don't know I don't know if this is everybody, but I know that I just, I feel because like they're the ones who get the period. It's like women really feel it closely. Like when you're trying to get pregnant and it can't happen, like they feel it very emotionally. So I'm trying to do everything I can. I'm trying to do everything on my end. Uh, to help with that process. And so I'm reading this article and it's by a fertility doctor who's writing an article for news.com.au. So I don't know if they're more into being a doctor or more into uh, gathering a social media following. I'm not sure. I don't want to speculate. Uh, but basically they said, the first thing I do before I run any tests, before I recommend any supplements for people to take, is I, I tell them that they need to talk about it. I'm like, good advice. That's not bad. Talking about stuff, that seems... Communication seems like the key in any relationship, let alone this fairly delicate uh, and emotional aspect of a relationship. And it's like, yeah, I recommend partners giving each other pep talks. <laughs> I'm not making this up. It's, they, he recommends pep talks, like as in when you want to conceive... You and your partner uh, sit down, I guess, or stand. I don't think they specify whether they have to sit or stand and look each other in the eye and are like, hey, 
I want to put a baby in you. And she's like, good, because I want you to put a baby in me. All right, hands in. On the count of three, fertility. One, two, three, fertility. Knock me up. Yo! Like slapping the slapping the top of the dugout as you run out onto the field. Just pep talk. This is the thing that people genuinely struggle with. And someone is going, you know what you need? Just a little bit of positivity. Just a little bit of a of an American giving you advice. You know what your problem is? You got to believe in yourself, kid. Get down there. Stare at that dick. Stare at that dick. Talk to those balls. Talk to that testicle. I I I don't know if I wanna if I wanna do a little bit southern now. You gotta you gotta talk. You gotta talk to that sperm. You gotta get that sperm excited. You gotta be like sperm. Today is the day. Today is the day we reach the egg. I know the Dan. I know the Dan has the egg allergy, but this is a different kind of egg. You ain't allergic to this egg. You gotta get in. You gotta get in the egg. Sperm. You gotta race. You got to swim fast. You want to be inside the egg. You get inside the egg, you're going to stay inside the egg. You're going to fertilize that egg. You're going to become a baby. I said, say it with me. You're going to become a baby. For some reason, it just like kind of got Southern preachery for me there. I don't know why. But just <laughs> for those of you who haven't ever gone the fertility sex thing, the idea that beforehand you're doing a pep talk is just absurd. Like beforehand... You are just like doing doing the scheduling. You know what I mean? Like I, I think I've had more intimate phone calls uh, with doctors trying to get an appointment than I have with my wife being like, hey, I think it's time. Like this time on Saturday morning, I think like I'm not going to say it was a low point because to me it was very, very funny. Um, we weren't going to have time to do it after all that. But then... The Uber surge was so high to get to the airport that I was like, should we give it a go while we wait for the price to come down? <laughs> like when you're younger, like I, I don't speak for all men here, but I think generally uh, when men are younger, they're a bit excited. They're coming pretty quick and you want to stay in the game. That's like the main that's like the main thing sexually. Like I would like to fuck for longer. How can I make that happen? Whereas now with the fertility thing, I'm literally having sex with someone and we're both simultaneously. She's checking Diddy. I'm checking Uber. Just seeing which time the fare's going to go down long enough. And then when the fare comes down long enough, it's like you book the thing. And then it's like, all right, you got six minutes. And it's like, well, you're going to need to go downstairs and head it onto the street. So let's see if I can get this thing wrapped up in three. <laughs> just like, just a, a porn star level of, all right, we got it. Ejaculate. Let's finish this thing. I got to get, I got to take lunch. You know, like, come on. I'm, I'm part of the union. Let's not, let's not go overtime on this fucking thing. Um, but yes, I thought that was very funny. Just the idea of a pep talk. My God. But the, I, I am, I am now I'm on the, I'm on the supplements. I'm, I'm on like the, you know, just when you Google like things to increase this and it's just a list of items you've never consumed. Like I think anytime you go on some kind of health kick, it's like the basic advice, which is, Hey, you should try to be less stressed, get more sleep, exercise more, eat healthier and live, you know, a nice balanced life. And you're like, 
Well, fuck, there's no chance of me doing that for the love of God. <laughs> That's impossible. What, do you want me to meditate next and take time for myself? Go fuck yourself. I'm a grown-up. This is modern life. Uh, I'm running on adrenaline forever. Uh, so then you're like, well, I can't possibly do that. Why don't I investigate various substances that I can just kind of mainline as a substitute for genuine self-care? Is that everybody on the health? I think it's everybody on the health kick. I'd hate to generalize on a, on a podcast where I'm the only one allowed to talk, but I've got on that. And uh, the two the two things that I'm on currently, this is like, a, I think increased like zinc in general and sperm production. Uh, zinc is apparently very important in sperm. Um, and all the things that naturally contain zinc, I don't really eat. Like there's a, there's a lot of it in fish. There's a lot of it in oysters. Like, I don't know. I I... I mean, that makes sense to me because now I understand why people are eating oysters. I've never understood the oyster. I don't know what it is. It's just a salty slime that you fucking slick down your throat like a goose. Like, I don't get it. But obviously this week she was down in Melbourne. I was like, hey, we're going to have sex later today, right? Let's have some fucking oysters. Let's just go. It was very bizarre to go into an oyster bar at like 4 p.m. and just both of us mechanically consume three oysters and be like, we're doing the right thing. <laughs> uh but no the ones i'm on are uh pumpkin seeds apparently they're they're useful uh pumpkin seeds or pepitas i didn't realize there was a different name for pumpkin seeds i thought we all agreed that pumpkin seeds was a was a natural thing to call that and the other one is uh maca root maca powder i think they mentioned it in succession i think they mentioned it at some point uh when you know brian cox's character is trying to knock someone at the right someone up Sorry, at the ripe old age of eighty, they're like, "Yeah, he's on the macaroon. route. He's getting, he's getting a brew going." And I'm like, "Fuck! If it can make an eighty-year-old knock someone up, it can help me. I'm, I'm, I'm a sprightly thirty-three, you know." Um, and the funny thing with the macaroon route is like you're supposed to kind of blend it like into like a smoothie or kind of put it in enough other things to mask the flavor. But like, you know, I'm on the road. I'm doing comedy shows. I don't have a blender. I don't have frozen berries. I don't have a smoothie production apparatus. Like, I got an espresso, which fucking sucks, by the way. I don't get the vibe on pod coffee. Not important. But uh, so what I do is I just, I put it on my cereal. as like kind of like a lump of just this weird, grainy, tasteless powder that just goes like on top of what I was eating currently to just make it drier, I think, you know? Like, it's like I'm trying to, like, thicken a sauce that was already not that watery. That's the kind of vibe. But I'm just so fine with it. And it was funny because I figured out why I'm fine with it. Because turns out, like, taking any kind of illicit substance is very good training for you to be on a health kick. Like, there's a reason. You know how it's weird that, like, people who are, like, heaps into drugs also seem to be those people who are heaps into health? Like, they just... They're unwilling to change their lifestyle, so they need to find shortcuts to to achieve the results they want. And like whether it's like negative or positive, like, you know, obviously drugs are negative impact on the body. Health food supplements are positive impact on the body. Uh, drugs like a positive impact on maybe like your your social life or your momentary happiness. And uh, health food's a, a negative aspect on your social life because you start talking about it just like I have now. I'm part of the problem. Um but yeah, drugs are great training for it because it's the same. It's like, hey, this isn't going to taste good. This isn't going to feel good. 
but if you can get it down, there will be a benefit. Just just don't investigate the contents of the powder. Just get it into you as efficiently as humanly possible and you will feel better. That is our guarantee. And you're like, wait, how do I know if this is the good shit? And they're like, it comes direct from South America. And you're like, fuck yeah, that sounds pretty legit. <laughs> it's the same. It's the same. So it's good to know uh, that, you know, participating in uh, recreational activities in my 20s is uh, good training for the health food supplement, health food supplementing that is going to be, I think, a consistent aspect of my 30s and 40s. You know that thing where you just, you've been alive long enough, you know yourself well enough that the idea of living what some would consider a healthy and structured lifestyle is just not gonna happen. Like you're like, that isn't gonna be me. Like, you know, there's people just like, yeah, I'm just having a night in. Yeah, I'm going to bed early. Yeah, I'm waking up early, going to the gym. Yeah, like uh, I eat the same thing every day. <laughs> no, like I, I thought those people were like an ideal, like the Greek and Roman statues of back in the day. Like nobody walking around ancient Greece actually had like an eight pack and a tiny cock. But like, I thought that was the same with the people who live like a healthy life. But no, I've met like two to three of them now. Like I've met people who are like, I I eat overnight oats. That's my breakfast every day. Like they, if they travel, they will bring the oats with them. Like they'll in their check-in luggage have a rubber banded bag of oats that uh, with some protein powder, because you know you got to supplement the overnight oats. Like the oats aren't enough. We got to get we got to get some extra health in there, and they'll just, regardless of where they are, they'll just make it and eat it, and then do it again tomorrow. I, it's baffling. It is baffling to me that you could just do the same thing every single day and be perfectly satisfied with how that's gone. Like, like the people who eat the people eat the like chicken and rice just for lunch just every day it's just chicken and rice like don't be wrong love chicken love rice but just the monotony of that like you'd have to pre- you'd have to feel pretty fucking good as a result you'd have to look pretty fucking good as a result to just be able to consistently do that every day and it's like when but what when are you gonna when are you gonna change it up like when are you gonna it's like never Never. I'm just doing this every day. And like, look, I guess that's probably the more sustainable option, probably the cheaper option, probably the healthier option. But fuck me. Let's let's get a mirror out, chuck some macaroon on there, and I'll do the best I can. <laughs> I'll do the best I can to keep up with the rest of the groups, you know? Croups. God damn it. Every week. Every week on the pod. I think I speak quite well at every week on this fucking podcast. I meant to say troops or group. I went with group, like groups. Where the fuck did the C come from? I apologize. Five shows in, drinking pints instead of schooners. It's starting to starting to weigh on the old mug, you know? But hey, look, we're going to take a quick break. Then I'm going to come back in with what some would, what some would describe as a podcast segment. Get excited. It's time for some bad advice. 
All right. I've been teasing this for a few weeks, but we do have our very first asker of bad advice. Stay a while and listen. That's quite a specific reference. If you got it, do let me know. If you if you didn't, uh, I'll tell you at some point, not just yet. But uh, thank you, Dean. Thank you, Dean, for emailing in. Uh, Dean has asked me to help him out. Here's the email so you know where we're at. Dan, you're the guy. I've been listening to the podcast semi-religiously. Must say it's got me through a few shit days lately. So my sincerest thanks for being semi-consistent. Oof, that was a very lovely compliment. Um, but the semi-consistent thing is a very valid criticism given I am recording this week's episode late. I have a dilemma and need your advice. I work as a nurse in a cancer unit giving chemotherapy and like many other hospitals, my ward participates in Fun Scrubs Friday uh, where nurses wear patent slash colorful scrubs to round out the week. I have strongly resisted. That is its own clause. I have strongly resisted in italics. Some would say the least resistant format in terms of font. Personally, I might have gone a bolder and underline, but then shoot your shot, brother. Uh, I'm six foot one. Uh, a bald man with already questionable aesthetic appeal. Dean, I'm unwilling to accept that any listener of this podcast is anything other than red fucking hot. Uh, I work in a predominantly female workplace, so stand out like a sore thumb at the best of times. The pineapples are not going to do me any favors. And he sent me an example uh, of fun scrubs there with cartoon cartoon pineapples. Uh, cartoon pineapples just kind of, uh, what's that thing? Patterned? Patterned across, stenciled, just repeated. A repeated pattern of pineapples all over the scrubs. Uh, that's that's what we're kind of working with here. And then Dean asks, do I suck it up and don the gaudy shirt in the spirit of improving team morale or remain a stick in the mud? Uh, thanks for the laughs, Dean. Um, Dean, obviously, first things first, really appreciate you reaching out. Uh, the second thing is, look, I've I've... In, in preparation uh, for giving you some advice here, uh, I've actually done some research on the fun scrubs myself. Uh, look, they seem to be mainly supplied by Gorman or maybe like Gorman is like the kind of the, the hip, the hip one. Um, one thing, the, the female range far outweighs the male range. I think there's definitely a bit of a, a gender imbalance on that one. Uh, my other thing that I found out is you can buy scrubs or this might be like a, a scrubs only retailer. I'm sorry, I'm not a doctor, shockingly. Uh, infectious.com seems to be where you buy your your medical outfits. And it's just that that nose is a little, that, sorry, that name is a little bit on the nose, isn't it? Infectious.com to where you get your scrubs. Anyway, so fun scrubs Friday. That seems to be uh, the hospital version of casual Friday. And look, I... I get the thing where people want you to do a thing. Like you got to participate in the greater group mentality, the kind of uniform thing. You know, it's like, hey, we're a team. We're going to put on some fun outfits and that's going to that's gonna make us all feel better. Uh, from a purely personal perspective, um, chucking, on, chucking on a nice loud outfit can improve your mood. I wear a bright red tracksuit. I'm happy. I'm liking it. I'm I'm on that. Uh, I've got my own monogram tracksuit now, uh, so like you know, I've gotten I've gotten my own fun tracksuit, I guess. But mine's like professional. Mine's like I guess yeah, he's a professional too. Like, I think, 
I think you work in a chemotherapy ward. I think you are doing incredibly important and difficult work uh, to the point where you're willing to turn to an incredibly inconsistent podcast to even help. So I think you could wear just obviously whatever the fuck you want, man. Like you're doing the job, you know, like the uniform, you're in the uniform close enough. You're doing the job. You don't need to wear the fun scrubs. I get that they probably want you to wear the fun scrubs. They want you to get involved. But if you're not feeling comfortable in it, whatever, dude, you're helping sick people. Like I'm sure they're not that invested in your outfit, you know? Uh, I don't, I don't know how hard they're kind of pushing you on this one. Like, is is literally everybody else, every every other nurse on the ward wearing the fun scrubs, and you're the only one not wearing the fun scrubs? Like, do you have to buy the fun scrubs? I assume so. I assume there's not like a fun scrub fund. Maybe that'd be something you could make a bit of thing of it. Like, they want you to wear it. You know, you'd have regular contact with like patients and like the families of patients and all that kind of stuff. Maybe you could be like, hey, look, this isn't really my vibe, but uh, if you want me to wear it, like I'm willing, like you guys can put the money kind of together. You can make it like a bit of a fun thing and you can get me the funnest scrubs, like the loudest, like the craziest or like, you know, maybe there's there's kind of like a more uh, traditional male range uh, of fun scrub because he's given me a few examples of the the fun scrubs on offer here they seem to be generally cartoons of tropical fruits and then just other like i don't know there's definitely a bit of a your nan's your nan's curtains at the old beach house is a bit of that energy like uh simpsons simpsons kitchen curtain like just a lot of kind of cartoon bright color that seems to be the vibe and i'm like maybe maybe fun scrubs friday for like the boys, like you get around, get around that where it's, you got some meat pies, <laughs> just meat pies fucking all over there or like the, the Metallica logo or, you know, let's say maybe you're a kind of left wing fella. You could get the Che Guevara thing, just fucking over everything. That might be a bit much in the cancer ward, to be honest, you know, just being like, am I getting treated here? Or is he planning a left wing uprising? I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, yeah, I just... I really do feel like the one thing, the one thing I will say, actually, the one thing I will jump to on this is you say you're like a six foot one bald man and you in a predominantly female workplace and you already kind of stand out. So that means you're like, I don't want to get too much deeper in that. And I don't know if you're Australian, you didn't specify in the thing, uh, but I know like for Australian men, especially the idea of standing out is probably the most offensive concept you could possibly have. That's why in Australia, I don't know if you've seen dudes, they generally dress the same. Every single one of them dresses the same with a slightly different shade of collared shirt and a slightly different shade of chino. Well, I mean, let's be honest, there's only like three shades of chino. So it's one of those, uh, but they do kind of dress very uniformly. Um, and I don't anymore. I definitely had that stage of my life where I was like, there's nothing worse than some cunt looking different. I mean, even when I do comedy, like it's amazing jumping on stage in a tracksuit in like a performing art where people are kind of expected to look a little bit louder than usual and just watching dudes kind of just assess me and be like, oh no. <laughs>
Oh no, he's red. He's red, man. Oh fuck, like oh, just like sinking back into their black t-shirt, black vans, no socks, just nice little blue jeep. Like oh, like I couldn't imagine anything worse. Like he's louder than my socks, my happy socks. You know, I think that's where maybe maybe that could be how you how you kind of participate like piecemealy in Fun Scrub Friday, you just get some happy socks on there and you're a fun sock Friday, you know? Like, I don't want to invest in the full scrubs. I'll give the socks a bash. As you can see, they've got mushrooms on them, uh, which, you know, let's be honest, have more medical utility than the current Australian health system is willing to admit. But let's give them a fucking bash, huh? And you can start with the socks and build your way up to where you feel comfortable. But um, to be honest... I, I have not spent a lot of time in hospitals. I've not, I've not spent time in, in chemo wards. Uh, so I do feel a little bit out of my depth here, but I had, I had a little brainwave. Uh, a very good friend of mine, uh, comedian Michael Schaefer, uh, has gone through chemo a couple of times. And I thought, let's get to the bottom of this. As a patient, does Fun Scrubs Friday make a difference? So I decided to give him a call. Hi, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, so I'm going to go back to the chemo ward just so I can give you an up-to-date prescription of the Look, as, as this occurs to me, this is a very inappropriate phone call, and I apologize for that. So thank you for being a good sport. <laughs> Why is it inappropriate? i got nothing else on. Well, it's just like, hey, man, remember that time that you had cancer? I just need you to answer a quick email for me. Someone asked me a question, and I'm like, I don't think you've been through enough. Uh, fucking help me out here no, if possible. you got to go to the, gotta go to the source, mate. Yeah, how can I? help well so old mate dean old mate dean doesn't know well he doesn't he doesn't want to wear fun scrubs but he also doesn't want to be a stick in the mud and not wear fun scrubs so i just sure. i was wondering what the patient's perspective might be in in the ward where you were, were was fun scrubs friday i think i i don't think it was fun scrubs friday but every now and again you would see a nurse who would wear fun scrubs Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like a nice conversation started, to be honest. Like, give you something that's to talk about when they come in and, like, you know, do your obs and stuff and check your blood pressure and your pulse and check your sore life. It's a nice thing to chat about. I don't, I don't hate it, but, like, I guess if he doesn't feel comfortable wearing it, you don't want a nurse to feel uncomfortable. You want them to be in a good mood because they're doing some important <laughs> things. So I think anything, yeah, if he doesn't feel comfortable doing it, that's fine because I just don't want you know, him to take that frustration out of the patient. Sure. Did, did, you, did you feel like the nurse being covered in pineapples slash watermelon slash other tropical fruit um, mm. helped fight the cancer? Did you feel like the cancer kind of recede uh, when they'd come in with their uh, loud outfits? Was that helpful? Absol- oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, they, <laughs> I mean, I, they say that chemo is effective, but if you ask me, I think it was, um, yeah, seeing those tropical fruits every day to pass it over. Some of my nurses. I think that's got to be the reason. I mean, look, and then I, sometimes they would come in with plain scrubs, and I felt the cancer coming back. So, really? Oh yeah. my goodness! Was was there so, a, was there a color of of scrub that really kind of just made it grow? Like, was there was oh, there yeah, anything? Like blue, and, blue and green is like the standard scrub outfit. So if you're wearing blue and green to a, a chemo ward, you might as well be killing the patients yourself. So. <laughs> You have to be in yellow. Bright colors are nice. Yellow, pink, and yeah, like a nice pattern I think is good. So, Dean, wear what you want, but just know that there are consequences for your actions. 
I it's amazing how quickly into this phone call I've realized it's a shocking idea, you know? I just <laughs> I thought you'd bring like balance and like, you know, experience to this response and you're like, mate, honestly, if you're dressing like normal, you want me to die. Uh, that's that's the I energy mean, I've got. Put in some effort. I mean, you know, we're all having a bad day. Where's goddamn colours to bring a bit of sparkle to the ward? You know what I mean? Now, nah, look, I don't give a shit. Team, wear whatever you want, mate. Just be comfortable. Just don't, you know, I just don't want, like I said, I don't want Team to be turning up to the ward in a bad mood because he's been forced to wear something he doesn't want to wear and then he decides to kill a patient because he's in a bad mood because that's what nurses do. They always just do they? You know, give you a bit extra more. Oh, yeah, famously, nurses love killing patients. Fuck, dude. Um, and, you, and, you, yeah. and, you made it, and you made it through just despite your obviously repugnant personality that's just shining through <laughs> in spades here. I was checking the doses pretty quick. Pretty, uh, pretty <laughs> diligently. Double, um, double checking? No, I do love nurses. You all do a great job. It's just those nurses. You know, every now and again, like you hear about this uh, nurse in a nursing home, they just killed like 700 people because they just got off on the power. I think those are the nurses I'm thinking of. But most of the ones in the chemo wards, they're, they're quite great. They're really fantastic because that's, like that's like the hardest ward to be in. Well, that so, was, like, yeah, that's like, you know, old mate Dean is just like, you know, there's, there's some tough days at the old office and like I think it's to improve team morale is like why he feels kind of obligated to wear the fun scrubs. Right. But well, I was just curious just, like, about doing that. Maybe That's if you want to improve morale, you could just like pay them a bit more or, you know, just like, <laughs> so, man, I love how they're like, oh, we're paying chefs dog shit money to do a very important job. But you know what really could spice things up? Yeah, a colourful scrub every Friday that they have to go and source themselves and pay for. Dude. Nah, fuck that. Give them some money for fuck's sake. Fuck, we did it. Michael Shaver, we found the bad advice. Fuck off, fun scrubs Friday. <laughs> Let's go with fair wage Friday. How about that? Fair That'd wage be good. Friday. Fair yeah, Wage Friday, you. or just if you want them to wear fun scrubs, fuck it, give them the fun scrubs. I think Gorman needs money less than nurses, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure like Mr. Zimmy could like get in here and sponsor. They're pretty colorful, so get around them. Dude, I was, I, was look, I was looking it up. I will say that the, uh, the female range absolutely dominates the male range in terms of Fun Scrub Fridays, which is a, you know, an, an incidence of uh, gender discrimination that I will not stand for. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, another example of men being discriminated against in the workplace. I mean, sure, they get paid 25% more, but they do have to fork out for their own fun scrubs that don't even exist, to be honest. they got to so, do custom. Yeah. I gotta, maybe I put Dean in touch. Maybe, maybe I put Dean in touch with the fellow who did my custom tracksuit, and we can get him a Daniel Muggleton fun scrub, just like a kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah. a red Adidas <laughs> scrub to get around in on Friday. And everyone's oh, like, yeah, is this guy selling morphine? Like, what's he doing here? <laughs> promoting a show to cancer patients. It's, uh, it's, not, it's not a long-term strategy for success. They don't all survive. <laughs> but I think it's, it's a great way to just get awareness up around the chemo ward. How did I think getting someone on the podcast who's gone through chemotherapy would make this a lighter segment? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever been... Uh, yeah, I, I, I love just talking about I love talking about cancer and I love talking and talking about it in like realistic terms because everyone talks about it in like these like, you know, optimistic, hopeful, glass half full like terms and it's like, no, nah, it's like fucking shit. So uh, <laughs> thanks for bringing me on to Thanks for bringing me on to grab that add that realism to the podcast. Well just look, as as you know, Dean has put uh, put at the very top of the email, like your podcast has helped me through some shit days at work and I'm sure this will just fucking add to that tally. Yeah. Uh, red hot work but um no speaking of just before we before we get you out of here michael Schaefer, thank you so much for your contribution you're doing a show at melbourne which the reason i got you it's called well, worth the chemo is that it's the time? well worth the, that is the name of the show well worth the chemo 
Uh, Dean, if you're listening and you want to come along, put me a message. I'll give you free tickets because um, I love nurses, particularly uh, chemo ward nurses. So if you're listening, get in touch. I'd love to have you at the show. Amazing. All right, Michael Schaefer, a goddamn pleasure. We'll have you on for for, uh, a longer and lighter segment sometime soon, huh? Nice. I would love that. Let's do it. (laughs) Cheers, mate. Bye. All right, so that was bad advice. I think almost dressed up as good advice. I'm putting it out there. I think that was okay. I think me and the me and the Schaefer got to the bottom of it a little bit. Uh, yes, go see Michael's show, obviously. Michael Schaefer, very good friend of mine, uh, in a great venue in Melbourne, doing a great show. Go see that. Uh, if you want some bad advice from me, just get in touch, as you know. If you contact me, you contact me. I'm the one who's going to respond to you. Dan at danielmuggleton.com.au. That's the best place to get in touch. Uh, And as I said, I'm doing it. I promised it. I'm delivering uh, late as always, but delivering. Uh, There'll be another episode this week with my mate, Dane Simpson. I'm psyched to have him back on the pod uh, when he was on originally. A lot of praise, a lot of hype. The people dug it. If you haven't listened to those episodes, dig them up, have a bash. Uh, But otherwise, I think, yeah, uh, that's it. That's it, right? You don't need to know. You don't need to know anything else. You know, I'm in Melbourne, then I'm in Sydney, then I'm in Perth, uh, then I'm doing the UK tour. Please keep spreading the word about the UK tour. Getting very excited for that. Uh, so excited, I might even think about sorting out a visa. <laughs> uh, all right, I will uh, Thursday. Keep an eye out for Thursday. That's when the uh, Dane Simpson episode will be coming out. But two. Keep you happy until then. Let's hear from them one more time. It's Verticoli. Oh, yeah, if you're stuck around the whole time, one quick one. If there's anyone at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival you would like me to get on the podcast, let me know. I'm mates with these people. I don't know who you want to hear or who you'd be excited to have a little, you know, off the record chat with. Uh, But yeah, do let me know. Get in touch. Cheers. All right, that's it. Actually, this time. Bye.